with the first pick in the 2019 NFL Draft, the Arizona Cardinals select Kyler Murray, quarterback, Oklahoma. And so it is. No, so that's fantastic. Uh, Wiz, uh, we're not going to hear that uh, drama of the crowd that we heard last year, uh, but at least we know that it's a couple of days away. The 2020 NFL draft, that was, of course, Commissioner um, Roger Goodell and the melodic tones of the fans. I, I You you made a great suggestion. I, I want you to talk about that, about what you think could happen. That would be I, I think if Roger Goodell had a little bit of sense of humor, I know what they're like. They're doing. They're doing something for, uh, you know, for, for charity, and I think for the virus or first responders, they're like wanting people to like send in like their, you know, their booze. However, how they're going to do it. But I, I thought that the what it really would have been organically funny is if Roger Goodell would have said, you know, my name is Roger Goodell. I'm the commissioner, and we're about ready to start the 2020 draft. And he had his wife and kids just come up behind him and start booing him. I, I thought I, that would have been I, I, fantastic, and, and it may still happen. Who knows? By surprise, and actually, who would have maybe given him a little more likability, quite frankly. Uh, and hopefully, he's listening to this, and uh, he can listen to it and hear it. Uh, I know, I know, one of the, I think it's Bud Light's got something going on where you donate money, and they're going to pipe in fan booze and stuff. But, but nonetheless, yeah. you know, everybody's really excited. Uh, you know, we just want to extend uh, again well wishes to to all those people out there on the front lines, whether you're working in a grocery store in an emergency room or delivering uh, food as a trucker out there. We know there's a lot of people working hard each and every day, and uh, we're thankful for that. And um, But, you know, here we are. We, we outlined what we thought team needs were for the 2020 draft. So, you know, it's our turn to kind of speak up and, and become GMs a little bit. Uh, you know, Wiz, you and I have been doing these contests every year. They're always really, really hard to figure out exactly what's going to happen. But I think we have a pretty good comfort zone in terms of the direction which teams want to go. Uh, this is certainly an exciting event, and the buildup for this uh, you know, couldn't be more aggressive than we've seen ever before. I think this will be the highest-rated draft by far. Yeah, I think it certainly will be in terms of uh, people who are just starving for something in the realm of sports to to view in and listen to as evidenced by uh the the Chicago Bulls uh documentary that was on Sunday night on ESPN um they had an an outrageous audience watching that and i think you'll have something similar for the NFL draft but you know as far as like doing these mock drafts it's it's so ridiculously difficult to try and do these things because all it takes is for one team to do something differently than you thought that most likely is going to, you know, make your next five to 10 picks. Most of them wrong, if not all of them wrong. And then also you have to take into consideration the aspect of their, their, there is most likely, in my opinion, going to be a few trades in the mer- in the first round. I, I think they'll be close to two or three trades made in the first round. Usually there's some action. I have some ideas on which teams may do it, but just to the point of picking up, you know, a mock draft player for player by player for each team. It, it could, there, there are just a lot of factors that are not under your control that you don't know about. So at least. What I'm going to do is for each team, I'm going to try and give a scenario. Uh, would they, you know, would they stick with the pick and then give a player or two that I think 
they will pick unless I'm, you know, sure. And I have one specific player of mine. So that's how I'm going to do it. And, you know, looking at this NFL draft, I think you could kind of like just jump to the third pick with the lions. I, I don't see any scenario at this point, this stage in the game where, um, the Bengals are not going to take, um, Chase Young. I, I mean, the Bengals are not going to take Joe Burrow, and the and the Redskins are not going to take Chase Young. So uh, I'm not sure if you 100% agree with that. But as far as I'm concerned, this, this draft really starts the Lions at three. Yeah, and, and 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 you know, two two guys. Uh, you know, you, you mentioned Chase Young, and you mentioned Joe Burrow. Impactful players on on either side of the ball. Joe Burrow with a historic season uh, last year as a quarterback throwing for 60 touchdowns, you know, and a guy that had a face, um, you know, fairly aggressive uh, uh, rush in his face a lot of times because they were sending five guys out into coverage. But look, he's an Ohio kid, so really happy that, uh, you know, maybe the Bengals can find their future quarterback there. And Chase Young on the defensive side of the ball uh, for the Redskins, who, who already have an okay defense. So a- adding that to the mix for, for Ron Rivera, I think that's going to be a great way for him to start his coaching career in Washington, uh, his, second, his second tour of duty. And as you said, you know, the third pick starts with, 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 with the Lions. And I think this is one of the picks that's a, a potential for a move pick. How, how much do you think that's likely to happen? Or are, are the Lions willing to stay in that place and – and we, we both think that they're going to go defense, whether they get that player at the third spot or, say, five or six, depending on if there's a trade or even some other team moving up to get them. So uh, how are you thinking about the Lions at this point in time? Yeah, so the Lions, here's what I say about the Lions that I'm sure of. If they stick with their third pick, they're going to take a defensive player. Now, in theory, they could take – uh, Derek Brown, he's a, he's a real good fit for them. I believe uh, Isaiah Simmons is going to be the best player in this draft at any position. Uh, I think his potential is, is enormous. I guess they could take him. But I think the player they're going to take is Jeff Okuda. I, I think in this day and age in football, um, to have a cornerback that is a really, really great cover guy and is a willing tackler, uh, that, that's, that's a rare mix. Uh, he, he played against some good competition in, in, in college. He did a good job against future NFL wide receivers. Um, so there are several defensive players that on ability could be taken, on fit to be taken, but Okuda is, has that ability and the fit. And I know there is just, just one last thing about this, this third pick is that I know there's been some conjecture and maybe the lines have put out there in the hopes of, 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 of getting a, a tremendous trade offer that they're going to take a quarterback with that third pick. But let me, let me just put it like this. The lions taking a quarterback with that third pick makes as much sense as Georgia opening up a bowling alley right now. So that's, <laughs> That, that there's no shot of that. So, yeah, uh, I, you know, you and I talked, Matthew Stafford was having a phenomenal season before he got hurt. And I think 
Lions want to take someone to back him up down the road. I think there's a few interesting prospects later later in, on, on the second or third day that they can find their way with. They're not drafting a quarterback. I, I was torn between the two players that you mentioned, and that's Brown, because I know Matt Patricia really likes that clogging the middle defensive guy. Uh, but I lean towards Akuda as well uh, with, with the Lions at that third pick. And I think that, uh, and, 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 and again, you talk about the rumors. You're going to hear so many rumors over the next 48 hours before we get to that number one pick. So I think you got to be careful what you listen to. Sometimes the teams float them themselves to try to get, to try to get that attention or to try to create that hysteria around their pick. You never know. Somebody- yeah, I, yeah. I mean, that, that, that is for certain. They, they certainly put things out there just to kind of see, you know, if they could get any nibbles on the line um, and see what happens with that. But I, I think moving on, the Giants are kind of in the same spot as the Lions. Um, you know, they can take a blue chip offensive lineman, which there are several of them in this draft. Um, they could be open to a trade down. That that very well could happen. I think the Giants actually are more likely to make a trade down pick than the Lions are at this point in time because I think maybe the Giants have their mindset on an offensive line, even though that's not the route I would go. And if that's the case, they, they could be easily persuaded in a good deal to move down. If somebody had a strong view on one of those quarterbacks and wanted – to you know move up and take the giant spot if the giants pick from that fourth spot they're going to go one of two ways they're either going to have which they feel is um the best of those offensive linemen in my in my opinion worse willis uh, Thomas and Beckton are all very similar. Uh, they're all in one category in my offensive lineman. So they could take the best one of that they have on the board. But if they stick with the pick, I really love Isaiah Simmons. I have him as the best player in this entire draft. He's not even, I don't think, playing the, played the position in college that he's going to be in the NFL. I really feel that he's going to be an elite strong safety. He has side-to-side quickness, can cover the field, he can blitz and rush the passer, and then if you throw the ball 30, 40 yards down the field, he's there also. Uh, Amazing athletic ability, can wreck games. I I love Isaiah Simmons. I'm not a Giants fan, but if I was a Giants fan and they stood with that pick, I'd be screaming for them to take Isaiah Simmons and uh, you know we know you're a Giants fan. What uh, what do you think they're going to do, and what would you want them to do? So I am screaming for a defender. I, you and I have discussed this. Um, I'm I'm going to go with my heart here, and I'm going to say the Giants do take the defender. You know, I, I think they're going to go with Simmons at four. I think they're you know last Friday Gettleman gave an interview and he talked about Barkley being able to run and protecting the quarterback. I think it's a bluff. So I, I think the Giants are taking Isaiah Simmons with the fourth pick in the NFL draft this year. You, you must have had just a recent change of mind. It was like two days ago. You were telling me Beckton or one of the offensive yeah. linemen, huh? So you uh, my, really uh, thought about that a little bit, huh? Well, you know what I've been saying. I've wanted them to take defense from the very beginning, so I'm going to stick to that. I'm a, I'm a tried-and-true you know, Lawrence Taylor fan, and, and I know what defense meant, meant to those early uh, Super Bowl runs, and actually even the late Super Bowl runs where, where defense became a, a very paramount feature of the team. So I'm going defense, Isaiah Simmons at number four. All right, uh, moving on to Miami at five. Um, see, 
When I see people analyzing the quarterback position in this draft, I have a different view than I think almost all of the people that I've seen analyze the quarterbacks. Um, it, it seems to be the you know comparisons are who's better, Tua or Justin Herbert, Tua or Jordan Love, uh, Herbert or Jordan Love. Like it seems those three are kind of like people have different views on it. I don't see it that way. I see the closest comparison between Tua and Joe Burrow, in my opinion. I think that if Tua didn't get hurt, uh, if people have been able to really see him and see how his hip is doing and see if his mobility is good, I think actually the Bengals would have a tough call at one. In, in my view, the Dolphins are perfectly set up to take uh, Tua with this with this pick at the number five pick. I think they'd be making a terrible mistake if they didn't. They have two other picks in the first round. And I guess in theory, they could take an offensive lineman here and then take one of those other quarterbacks. If they all have those three quarterbacks um, on the same line in terms of grades and, and hope it works out for them that way. But if I'm making the call for the, for the dolphins, I'm taking Tua. I think his talent level is equal or even above Joe Burrow. It's not a decision um, that that I would have trouble with, but you know I'm I'm not quite sure what Miami's going to do. And how do you, how do you see it for the Dolphins? So it's interesting. So I'm not a huge fan, but you know it's funny because um, when I do look at Tua, sometimes there is some reminders of kind of you know because of his stature, a little bit of, ru- of left-handed Russell Wilson, if you will. Certainly not rushing, running the ball, but mobility is a part of his game. I, the injury concerns me, but the way I look at it, the Dolphins have a very thick draft. And this is basically a redshirt year. And it's become even more of a redshirt year because of the circumstances around the, um, you know, the NFL at the moment with, with, with the coronavirus. So I'm going to go with you. I'm going to say it's going to be Tua. They get the luxury of starting Ryan Fitzpatrick this year, letting Tua get, get, get healthy. So I'm going to agree with you that this is where this is where the quarterback is going to go. Again, I do still have some reservations about the player. Just just bigger picture. Um, I'm actually not. There's one quarterback that I do really like in this draft, but he won't be picked in the first round. But again, I think I got the Dolphins going with two with the fifth spot. You, you think Miami's going to take him, but I know you, you're not a big that no. big of a fan. I remember nope. we were watching the LSU Alabama game together, and you were not impressed with Tua nope. at all. So you you think Miami's going to take him, but you if you were making the call there, you would go in another direction. Uh, I would go in another direction. I don't think it would be Herbert necessarily. I I, I would probably lean towards building up my offensive line. That's probably what I'd be doing. Uh-huh. But uh, but sure. I'm, but I think they're going to go with Tua in this spot. All right. Uh, I, I think we're going to probably start going in completely different directions in our mock drafts starting at six because I, I feel everything that has been said coming out of the charges about Tyrod Taylor, Tyrod Taylor, Tyrod Taylor, I think that's laughable. Um, I think maybe Tyrod Taylor will start a few games, but I think the Chargers use this pick, six pick to take Justin Herbert. Um, Poor Tyrod. You got to feel bad for Tyrod. This is the second time happening to him in three years. Yeah, I, I know. I feel bad for him, but I, I feel I would feel worse if I was a fan of the team that he's quarterbacking. I mean, it's not it's not it's not pretty. But he may get there. He may start a few games and and uh, and and try and hold off if they draft Herbert. But I, I don't see it. Uh, I, I I like Herbert for this pick. I think the Chargers take the quarterback here. I know they have 
some worries down the line about Ingram and Bosa leaving the team after their contracts are going to be up the following year. And, um, and you believe that to be the case. And you think that they are going to be thinking about that right with this pick and take a defensive player, right? Yeah. And I got them taking Brown in this spot. Um, I, I, I know that's a, a little bit of a crazy one, but they've got two great defenders that I don't know if they can be able to hold on to them. And I think Brown is the answer here. So I've got Derek Brown from Auburn going to the Chargers in the sixth spot, and I know that's not anybody's call, and I'm I'm definitely out on a limb on that one. You, you really are, but you know the thing about Brown is he he's a, he's a great defensive lineman, but like if the Chargers thinking is you know I want to replace Ingram and Bosa with that ferocious pass rush, you know you're not going to get that from Brown. Where, where Brown's specialty is going to be is he's going to make other players better. He's going to Correct. take up two or three blockers and he's going to allow linebackers to make a lot of tackles and help the other guys on the defensive line. So he's a very, very good defensive player. I mean, he's a, he's a beast. He can single-handedly stop the run game sometimes, but I, I don't, I don't like that pick for the, for the charges. We'll, we'll see how it plays out. But speaking of Derek Brown, I have that player going to the Panthers. To me, that's the perfect spot the perfect fit for a team that is desperate to get some help on the defensive line. So I have the Panthers taking the player that you had going to the Chargers. So tell me what your thoughts are the Panthers doing here. Yeah, so I, so I can see now that I've picked what, I, what I've done here, I think there's a chance that the Panthers actually trade out of this pick and add a little bit more in terms of uh, depth to their, to their draft pick uh, selections. So I can see that scenario popping up because I don't think they take a defender here. If they stay in this spot, I think they'll go with one of those offensive tackles. If they stay with the spot, really, you think they're going to pick an offensive lineman yep. instead of a defensive player? Really? Yep. Okay. Yep. You have uh, on, on which one, or do you think like uh, you know any of them, or do you, you have a specific? Well, you must have somebody that you have in that slot, right? I have I have Willis in that slot at the moment. So I have Willis from Alabama in that slot, at the seventh spot. All right, so you're making a lot of bold predictions. One, you think the Panthers trade, that would be like an amazing prediction. Definitely could come true. Uh, But if they stay with the pick, you have them picking offensive line. Interesting. Uh, Moving to the next pick, the Cardinals, that's why I have taking, at least on my board, uh, the first offensive lineman taken. Um, I think, like I said, all four of those guys are very, very close together. I have Arizona. Um, while they certainly could take a defensive lineman that they need as well, I think they want to kind of short things up a little bit for Murray. I have been taking worse um, with the pick there. Uh, what do you What do you have Arizona? What do you see them doing? I, I, I have Tristan Wirfs uh, going to the Arizona Cardinals at number eight. Okay, yeah, I think, um, I, I, think um, I think that that makes. Uh, that makes that that makes sense. I think kind of like uh, both have the same thoughts on that. I mean, Arizona is one team that I see. You know, if they if somebody wanted to make a trade with them, I could see them moving back a little bit. I, I, I'll tell you, I'll get to the team. We'll get to the team a little bit later on that I see uh, trying to really move up in, in in this first round. But moving on to the next team. The Jags, and as we mentioned uh, in earlier podcasts, they have a lot of picks and they need a lot of help there. Um, I have them going um, on the defensive side of the ball uh, with 
after Brown, one of the guys that I think could really be helpful for them is, is Javon Kinlaw. Uh, that, that's my pick I have going to uh, the Jags. What, what, what do you see the Jags doing there? If they don't trade the pick, I have it as Kinlaw. I have a feeling that there's a chance that someone tries to move up into this slot, um, whether it's the Patriots coming in to get, to get a quarterback or whether it's one of the teams that I think you're going to talk about moving up to pick a defender. But if they stay here, I have them taking Kinlaw. Okay. Yep. Same. We're looking at it the same way. Cleveland, as I mentioned, Cleveland has to take an offensive lineman. On my board, there's a couple left. The, the, the one uh, the one slight edge on for Thomas to be taken by the Browns is he blocked for Nick Chubb at Georgia. Um, I'm, you know, so he kind of knows what Nick Chubb wants to do. I'm not sure, at least on my board, if that if they have him um, ahead of Willis or Willis ahead of him, I think it'll be you know one of those two players. And I have the Browns taking an offensive lineman and taking uh, Thomas with that pick. What about you? Yeah, so I think this is whoever Cleveland wants in this spot is who they're going to get because the Jets are taking whoever they don't take. So it's between Thomas and Beckton, and I have them taking Thomas in the 10th spot. And I, I guess I feel, yeah, I guess, I, I guess you know, you already answered uh, what I was going to ask you. I have the, the Jets doing the exact same thing, taking the player that the Browns don't take, Lyman. So I have them taking Jedrick Willis. You just said that. So we can move along to the Raiders here. Now, this is the spot where I think you're going to start to see some of these wide receivers go. On my board, the Raiders are picking 12. So I have in picks between picks 12 and 15, uh, I have three wide receivers going. And the Raiders are, are interesting because of what, you know, what, what fits their system the best. Because a lot of these times, some of these wide receivers are so close. It's going to be like, what do you want the wide receiver to do? What, what aspect of the game? Is he going to be playing the slot? Is he going to be playing flanker? Um, what are the strengths of the player compared to what you want him to do? I could see a few different wide receivers going in this spot, but I'm going to have them take, I, I have them taking Jerry Judy, who is so polished, such a great route runner. I could see them taking a different wide receiver. I, I, would I be shocked if they took CeeDee Lamb with that pick? Nope. But I have to, for the, for the, for the, for the fun of this show, uh, we're making picks, so I'm going to go with Judy. How do you see it for the Raiders with that pick? Yeah, look, great, great choice, uh, great player. Uh, I have the same position, but I went with uh, C.D. Lamb as the pick to the Oakland Raiders. Yeah, I think. Yeah, oh, and sorry. I, have, I said I said Oakland. I apologize. Las Vegas yeah, Raiders. <laughs> Las Vegas Raiders, right? And I have C.D. Lamb going to the 49ers, and I could certainly see that flip flop. I could certainly see um, C.D. Lamb being taken by the Raiders. I could see Jerry Judy taken by the 49ers, and quite frankly, I could see. These three receivers in any flip-flop order going 12, 13, and 15, uh, just to move ahead a little bit, just talking about the three receivers, I have a Judy to the, to the Raiders, CeeDee Lamb to the Niners, and Henry Ruggs going to the Broncos. But I can easily see Henry Ruggs um, 
be, you know, be, I, I could see it CeeDee Lamb, Henry Ruggs, and then Jerry Judy. I, I could see it several different ways, but I do think it's going to be those three receivers taken in those three spots. Uh, so what do you have, since you have the Raiders taking Lamb, what do you have the Niners doing? I had the Niners going with Jerry Judy in, in that spot. Okay. Uh, and, okay. And, and the Broncos ending up with uh, Henry Ruggs. Okay. Yeah, I, I had I have Ruggs going to the Broncos and see Lamb and Judy flip flop from what you do, but I, I could certainly see uh, the Forty Nine ers having an infatuation um, with with their kind of offense, what they want to do at end arounds, and Henry Ruggs is probably better suited for that. So now that we got I got twelve, thirteen, and fifteen out of the way, let's go to fourteen in the bar and the Bucks and. Um, as we discussed, these first two picks are going to be running back um, or offensive linemen, and Becton stands out to me like a sore thumb as this pick for the Bucks there because there are, there, there are many several running backs, a grouping of running backs that are kind of interchangeable. You know, people may have him in different order, but in terms of their needs, Becton is the sore thumb pick for me. He stands out, and he is the last guy in, a, in that group of offensive linemen, and they really want to short things up for Brady. So I like Becton with that buck set pick. How do you see it? Yep, so I agree with the two needs, and I think they go, believe it or not, with the running back in this spot, and I think that running back is going to be DeAndre Swift of the University of Georgia. I think. Um, wow, I love it. I think so. A couple of different reasons, because um, this is not a bad offensive line to start. The, the the Tampa Bay line is a good line, and I think there are a couple of linemen that they could pick up. You know, maybe move up a little bit in in round two if they need to. But I love Swift's ability to catch the ball. I also think his usage has been lower than a guy like Taylor. I think Taylor's a great running back. Some fumble problems, but. I think Swift is a dynamic offensive player that really suits what the Bucks are looking to do, and I have Swift going in this spot. Okay, interesting. I mean, it, you know, when I'm looking at this draft board as we see it coming to 14, I just think there's a bigger disparity between Beckton and any other offensive linemen and Swift and the running backs. Uh, I'm not quite sure I even have Swift at the top of my running back list. He's amongst a grouping, certainly at the top. Uh, so you're making a bold pick, especially that early in this draft with the 14. I have Becton. We both have a receiver. I think actually we both have Ruggs going to the Broncos. Moving on to the Falcons, who I feel is the team in this middle of the round, so to speak, that is – very likely to trade up. They have a lot of picks. They can move up if they love the player, uh, love a player that they, they, they covered and they wanted to move up a spot. It's, it's impossible to forecast that, especially two days before the draft. We're doing this, you know, for fun. So I'm having them uh, pick if they stay there and I'm having them take uh, Clavion Chase on uh, a defensive player with that pick. That's the side of the ball they need. And, and when I look at it, uh, that's that's the top player I have uh, for them. How do you see the Falcons? Very funny. Uh, I, I feel like we're listening. On this pick, I feel like we're listening to each other. So I think they are a most likely team to try and move up. I, I'm very torn whether they go defensive secondary or chase on, but I went with chase on in this spot. Okay, excellent. Um and then moving on to the the Dallas Cowboys, this is a pick that to me, there's a player 
that's perfect for the team. He should be available. Um, I believe he's the best player at the position. I, I have the Cowboys taking Xavier McKinney uh, with this pick. Um, I think that it's, it's their need. They've gotten hurt in free agency in the secondary. The player has great instincts. Um, he should be available. There's a few different players that the Cowboys could take in the secondary that are uh, very, very solid. But I have um, the Cowboys staying with that pick, even though there's all caught you know, rumors that they would trade the pick and and uh, there's been some stuff about Jamal Adams for the 17th pick. But I'm assuming there are no trades. And for the purpose of this, I have them staying there and taking McKinney. How do you see it for the Cowboys? So I, I, you and I are on the same page uh, in terms of position. Uh, I, I see them taking a the cornerback, but I see it being C.J. Henderson in this spot. Okay. I mean, I, I, I like C.J. Henderson. I have him going in just a few picks down the road. So we're, 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 fairly, we're fairly close on that. But uh, I, think, I think McKinney is a better – fit and a suit for the Cowboys. Uh, ability is certainly very, very close. Um, moving on to the Dolphins here at 18, uh, you know, I have them taking quarterback with their, with their fifth pick, and I think they're going to address uh, a secondary need with this pick. And I, I like Antoine Winfield with this pick. Um, I think there are a lot of good players in this position, and they certainly could take in the offensive lineman. But I don't think there's an offensive lineman that, that warrants this pick, especially after the top four offensive linemen are off the board. So I, I have them going Winfield, secondary help. How do you see it for the Dolphins? So it's interesting because um, – this is a, we talked about this great draft. There's a lot of different ways that they can go. Um, I ha, I have them looking at offensive line, defense, or running back in this spot. Uh, but I at the end of the day, I decided to go actually with the running back here, and I went with Jonathan Taylor from Wisconsin going to the Dolphins in the 18th spot. Wow! So you have two you have two running backs going in the top 18, and I don't believe I have a running back taken the entire first round. So <laughs> we will. Uh, We'll we'll see how that plays out. Um, Miami going for a running back. Taylor is uh, is certainly up there as far as the best running backs in this draft goes. So uh, that certainly would be filling a need. Uh, I know we're going to have a different pick for the Raiders, and I know that because I have them taking a player that you already went a few picks ago. I have them filling their other need, uh, wide receiver and cornerback, and I have them taking Henderson with this pick. You have them also taking a wide receiver with their first pick. So I'm going to assume that you also have them taking a defensive player, maybe a defensive secondary player. That's correct. And I have McKinney in this spot going to the Las Vegas Raiders. Okay, so yeah, so we have we have seventeen. You know, we have we have we have seventeen and nineteen the other way around. Excellent. Uh, the Jags are up next, and you know my theory was that defense, 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 and I'm going to have them take in on my mock draft with Kenneth Murray, Oklahoma, um, just one of these guys. He's not Isaiah Simmons, but he flies all over the place. He 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 can get to the quarterback. He has he has good instincts. Um, I, I like them as the best player for that team at this spot. How do you see it for the Jags here? Uh, 
Kenneth Maridas. <laughs> and right now, people are going to think that we went over this before the draft started. Come on, I got two, run- I got, I got two running backs in my first 18 picks. Definitely yeah, I know, not. but I'm saying there's a lot of like specific teams taking the exact same play, and yep. there's a lot of plays we could take here. Yep. So, can it, can so we, we have not... We are, we are certainly I'm going discuss- to say this. My choice was between Murray and Queen. I went with Murray. All right. Um, the Eagles and Vikings had these two picks here, uh, 21 and 22. I have them both taking receivers, and I believe there are two good wide receiver fits for them available. I have the Eagles taking the silky smooth Justin Jefferson. Oh, no, don't do that. <laughs> well, I, if I'm an Eagles fan, I'm going to love the pick. But That's I who I'm Eagles taking. <laughs> All right. Well, I, like I said, we, we didn't. I'll be shocked if you, my next pick with the Vikings is the same player you, t- you took. But I have Justin Jefferson going here. Um, the, one, the one thing that was really in doubt when you watch Justin Jefferson play was exactly maybe his, his quickness and his speed. Not his quickness, his out-and-out speed. And he, he, he blew up the 40-yard dash. His time was incredible. Um, I think that kind of secured this spot for him. And I'll, I'll go one Further, I think the Eagles are going to be thrilled to have that player there. He has a real understanding of how to play the game. Him and him and Ceedee Lamb, kind of like the same kind of guy. They understand how to get open. They know how to use their body. They can get down the field. Their run after catch is excellent. Um, instincts are great. So. I have the Eagles taking Justin Jefferson here, and I think that would be an outstanding pick. And uh, who's your pick for them? So it's interesting. Um, it's 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 not it's not. We have a different pick here. Uh, wait. So wait. What did you say again? Sorry. I'm talking about Justin Jefferson. Yeah, we, for Je- like ten minutes. Je- Asking who I'm talking about. Jefferson is who I have for the Eagles. I want to. Move, I'm ready to move to Minnesota. I'm not. Yeah. Where where the oh, you want to go over you, you I will tell you what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna I'm gonna let you so tell me who you think my beloved Minnesota Vikings are gonna take. And since I already revealed I have them taking a receiver, do you as well? I do not. So I so okay. so so obviously the Vikings have two picks, twenty second and twenty fifth. Uh I have them taking the receiver in the twenty fifth spot, and I have them taking the defensive back in the twenty second spot. And that defensive back is Jalen Jennings. From the Utah Utes, he's a good player. Um, I, I, I could, I wouldn't be shocked if they took him. I don't have the Vikings taking that player. I have it re- reversed. I have them taking a receiver and then a cornerback uh, after that. So uh, we, you know, we'll, we'll see if we're on the same page about receiver. But I, I do not have them taking. Um, that player when it comes to the defensive player. He's a good player. I wouldn't be shocked. He he's he you know, he he's going to be taken right around the end of the first round, somewhere along that line, I think. Could be to the Vikings. But I, I have the Vikings taking uh Denzel Mims with this pick. Uh I like him for this spot for the Vikings for what they want to do. There are other maybe more polished receivers in this draft than him. But I think the upside and the potential with Denzel Mims is really strong. And I think 
he's going to give them some of that explosiveness, big playability, acrobatic catches, uh, tremendous, you know, you know, hand strength and his his ability to go up and get the ball is is really strong. So I like him going there. So I guess we'll, we'll see what we both have at twenty five. And moving on to the twenty third pick, the Patriots. Um, I, I can see the Patriots doing a few things. I have a few players that they could take, but I think you know it's tough to predict this and, and get it right, but I think the Patriots are a real tra- you know, candidate to trade down. It's kind of what he likes to do, especially in a draft where there's a lot of talent. So I could see them uh, you know, trading down, but if not, I see them taking either um, Patrick Queen with that pick or A.J. Spencer from Iowa with that pick. What do, what do you see the Pats doing? Uh, so because I kind of talked about this a little bit earlier, I see them moving up, but this is where I think the Pats uh, try to get their next uh, Tom Brady, and I think they go with Justin Herbert here. Right, okay. I forgot that you passed on Herbert in, in your mock draft, and you, yep. you, he's still on the board. So, so, and, and, and by the way, yeah, I, th- I, gonna, think, uh, I think they're going to have a decision, right? Because who knows if somebody's going to try to move up to pick up somebody like Love at this spot. You know, uh, does, do, do the Patriots like Jordan Love more than Herbert? But I'm going to say that the Patriots go with Herbert in this spot. Yeah, so here's what I say. If Justin Herbert is there at 23, yeah, the Patriots are going to take that player. I will be shocked if he if he is available at that spot. Uh, so you, on your board, you have you have Herbert available and taking taking that player at twenty three. I have them taking um, a defensive player, Queen of Spencer from from Iowa. Uh, moving on to the Saints, I think the Saints are going to either take a safety or a receiver. You know, in one of, in these drafts. Sean Payton has like these, you know, players that he looks and sees he can use as gadget players. I think, um, you know, uh, Jalen Rager from TCU or or Pittman from USC or, you know, Grant Delpit, I think, is going to be the defensive player, the safety. It's funny thing about him. He was probably last year. He was probably thought of more highly than he is going to this year's draft. He's got good instincts. He did not look he did not play well in some games this year. It looked like he was sleepwalking. But that's how I see it for the Saints. Either a receiver that Peyton, Sean Payton sees he could do he you know could do some things with, or Delpit at safety. How do you see it? I have him uh, I have him going uh with uh in the secondary with the cornerback. I have him going with Christian Fulton in this spot. L S U. Yeah. I have Fulton a little bit later on. Now we get to the 25th pick. I'm interested to hear your wide receiver pick. So why don't you, why don't you go with that one first? Tell, yes. tell us so, oh, you have the Vikings taking it 25 with their wide receiver. Yeah, I got the Vikings going with T. Higgins in this spot. T. Higgins, okay, from Clemson. Yep. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think I think we're on the track, right track, that they're going to take cornerback receiver. You know, the order could be, you know, you know, you're not sure in what order or the players. So we'll we'll, we'll see how that goes. Uh, I have been taking uh, of all things the Vikings with, with that pick. Uh, Trayvon Diggs, uh, Stefan's brother, uh, with, with that pick. So yeah, I think I think that's the pick that they're going to go with. Um, I think he will be a steal for the Vikings if he's if he's taken. 
at that pick. And then moving on to the Dolphins with their third first-round pick, this is where I think they're going to take an offensive lineman. He's not in the class of the top four, but he's the next one available. I see um, the Dolphins taking Josh Jones from Houston with this pick. How, how do you see it for Miami at 26? So a great story. Uh, I, have Aust- I have offensive linemen, and I have Austin Jackson going in this spot. Um, you know, Jackson, I don't know if people know this, uh, he donated his bone marrow before his uh, senior season, um, oh, sorry, his junior season, um, to his sister, uh, who's doing very well in recovery. It's a great story. I have Austin Jackson going this spot from USC. Sure, sure. Um, yeah, I, I think we're on the same page. I have, you know, I, I like Jones a little bit better. I think he'll be the pick, but I, I could certainly see what you're saying, and I, I would by no means be surprised. Going to 27, um, I think the, the Seahawks going to even take a defensive lineman or an offensive lineman. Uh, this was a this was a tough call for me. This this may have been the most difficult call out of every team because there are just players of equal ability on both sides of the line of scrimmage. But it, eventually, I had them taking Caesar Ruiz from Michigan with that twenty seventh pick, a player that can play both guard and center. How do you see it for the Seahawks? Yeah, so um, you know, I mentioned Patrick Queen earlier as as being a guy that I was looking at, uh, especially when the Jaguars were picking at number twenty, and this is where I have Patrick Queen. Go- going to the Seattle Seahawks at number 27. Fair enough. Yeah, I think I think that's uh I think that's, you know, that that's that's not a bad pick. I ironically enough have Patrick Queen going next to the Ravens and uh you'd be ruining the draft for the Ravens if they were picked right if he was picked right before the Ravens picked because I think they've been craving to get somebody uh that could kind of replace C.J. Mosley. So I have them going there. I'm curious what you had with the Titans at 20, uh, 29. What would you have uh, the, top, the, the Titans going to 29 here? What would you have them doing? Offensive line, and I have Jones in that spot. You have Jones. Okay, so you have just a, a flip-flop. Uh, the Titans were another one that was kind of kind of tough for me. At this area in the draft, um, you know, defensive line, offensive line. Some of these players almost have a second-round grade, but it's very close. I have them taking Matos from from Penn State with this pick. Um, you know, I, I could see it many different ways. Um, a lot of players very, very close together. Um, so I wouldn't be shocked by several different players taking that in the spot. Green Day at Well, 30. hold on a second. I didn't give you my uh, Raven pick yet. Oh, you think of the Raven pick? That's right. Okay. Yeah. yeah so the Ravens, uh, I have them going with Zach Bond in this spot. I know there's a little bit of question marks around his uh, his tests around the draft, but I have Zach Bond going to uh, going to the Ravens in the 28th spot. All right. I think that would be a pretty uneventful pick for them if they took that player there. But uh, okay, I guess we'll 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 have to see. It's interesting. Uh, Interesting pick. Your your mock draft is pretty interesting, I have to say. Very, uh, very, very interesting, especially with those running backs. So we'll have to, we'll have to see how that shakes out. So why, why don't you uh, tell us what you have Green Bay doing at pick thirty here? So I like Lazard. Obviously, Devontae Adams is the main main receiver uh, for, for Green Bay. But this is where I have the Packers adding some dimension to their offense, and I have Denzel Mims going to the Green Bay Packers at the 30th pick of the first round. 
Okay. I, yeah, I mean, that, that would be an outstanding pick if that player was still available. Obviously, on my board, I have him going, uh, you know, at 22 to the Vikes. I have a similar thought, a different player. I have Green Bay also taking a wide receiver. And uh, LaVisca Chenault is, is, uh, is very interesting to me. He's one of these guys who has tremendous potential. He may have a higher upside than just about any receiver in this league. He ran the 40-yard dash in the combine with a sports hernia. And his time was pretty good running with a sports hernia. Had surgery, says he's 100% healthy. I agree with the position um, as far as what Green Bay is going to do there. I just have a different player. I like um, I like him going there. Uh, moving on to the 49ers, another player that you just uh, had mentioned, Austin Jackson. I see them taking an offensive lineman with 31, or you know, although there are rumors swirling all over town that because the Niners don't have a, a second round pick, a third round pick, or a fourth round pick, that the Niners are going to trade one or if not both of their first round picks to accumulate picks. Um, obviously they would get a lot more for 13 than 31. I don't think they want to trade 13 because I think they had a specific game plan in mind. I said that uh, uh, when that trade was made, that they had a specific game plan in mind to get that 13th pick. So maybe they'll trade out of 31, try and get something in the second and third round. Um, but if not, I, I have them taking Austin Jackson. How do you see it? Yeah, so very as you mentioned, uh, yeah, this is most likely. I don't see them trading that thirteenth pick. I just don't see it. This one I can understand. Sure. This one I can understand it uh, for the benefit of this draft. I said, you know what, we got to put a player in the spot, so we're going to put a player in the spot, and I have Delpit in this spot going going to the Niners at thirty one. I un- it's unlikely that they end up taking them. That's the player I think that goes here. Okay, and then at Kansas City. Um, there are a lot of people who think that, you know, Andy Reid is something up his sleeve here in terms of a player that he covets, a running back. I've seen a lot of people saying Swift in this spot or another running back. Um, I don't think it would be a wide receiver because I don't think he would take a wide receiver with this spot. I think he could get one with some of his other picks. So I wouldn't be shocked in this pick if it was Swift or a running back that he absolutely loves. He may have something in mind. But I haven't taken a player uh, that they need on on the defensive side of the board that you mentioned, Kristen Fulton. I I like that player. I like him in this spot. But again, you know, Andy Reid is unpredictable. And if he has a player in mind or something he envisions uh, working with his offense, could be Swift or one of those players. How do you see Kansas City? So if you're about to put a lot of money into Patrick Mahomes, I think you want to continue to shore up your offensive line. And while I toyed with the idea of 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 um, a defender here and also potentially them getting someone on the offensive side of the ball, I, I think they went with Ruiz here uh, at, at the at the at the uh, center spot for the uh, Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah, I mean, I think we have a lot of the same players within the 32 players picked uh some in the same order um you know a lot we have them in different orders Uh, i think the big disparity is you have 
two running backs taken in the first round. I don't have any, although I want to, you know, a caveat is uh, that I think Swift could be the last pick going to Kansas City. But uh, let's talk for a minute about a couple of quarterbacks who we haven't mentioned, who some people are so high on. I mean, uh, Todd McShay feels that um, Jordan Love should be taken ahead of Herbert, and there's some a lot of talk about Hertz, uh, that I, you know, a player that I know you're really high on. So, you know, let's just, let's just, you know, end it with talking about some players that, you know, people are considering first rounders. And let's start with those two quarterbacks. Uh, where do you think they're going to go? Where do you think they should go? And, and some overall thoughts on those players, uh, love and Hertz. Yeah. So love scares me in that, you know, the, competition wise, not, not as, thick a competition that he faced week in and week out. Plus the fact that, you know, I know he had a new coaching staff last year, but 20, 20 uh, touchdowns, 17 interceptions, it kind of scares me a little bit. Um, so I really love Hertz. I like what I see. Uh, there's a lot of things, you know, in this day and age where mobility, not that, not that love doesn't have it, but I really think, you know, Hertz overcame a lot in terms of obviously transferring from Alabama to, to Oklahoma, and, and and I just think he's a very interesting player. Uh, Jalen Hurts is going to make someone very happy in the second round. Uh, Jordan Love will probably go before him, but I'd rather have Hurts. He's he's the guy that I would be targeting uh, for some of these teams in, on, on the uh, second day. So you're, in terms of all the quarterbacks, you know, aside from the three that you and I have going in the first round, who's your next quarterback that you see coming off the board? Is, is it definitely Love? Uh, it would be Love after, uh, yeah, it would be, I think Love goes, yeah, I think Love goes uh, for as the fourth quarterback and followed by Hertz. Her, uh, love and then Hertz. Okay. Um, it, it, so neither one of us had Love finding a landing spot in the first round. But when you look at it, do you say there is better than a 50-50 chance he goes in the first round or um, unlikely? You know, well, how, how, do you, how do you envision it working out for love? Even though you and I didn't have him in the first round, there could be a, all it takes is one team to be absolutely in love with the player. Um, so, you know, where, where do you think, what round do you think Jordan Love is? Certainly, if he's not drafted in the first round, he'll be taken in the second round. So, well, yeah, I guess so, what I'm asking you is, do you, see, do you think he'll be a first or second round draft? Yeah, so I think the Chargers would take him with, the sec- with, their, with their second draft pick. That's the, way I, that's, a, that's the way I would see that. Certainly on your board. So you, and, and you see, okay, and, and, and Hurts you see where? Is it day two? Quarterback, round two? Day two, I could see him in Jacksonville or Pittsburgh. Jacksonville or Pittsburgh. Okay, yeah. I mean, I think uh, I think those are uh, those are certainly reasonable uh, landing spots. And uh, did, were there any other players uh, you wanted to talk about? Do you love any kickers in this draft? Did you study the kickers? Uh, you know, I know usually you're uh, you're fascinated. I know in one league where I was drafted against you, you had like a a real uh, a real uh, desire to get Joey Sly, who ended up being uh, uh, had an excellent year in terms of long field goals. Did you look at kickers, or you know, more seriously, did you have any other players that you wanted to talk about? Uh, yeah, you no, know that you. I, I would yeah. say, I would say no kickers. Um, you know, I'm going to stick a little bit more on the offensive side of the ball here. So at receiver, guys that I'm I'm kind of looking at very closely, Brandon Ayuk um, from from Arizona State. 
I think Michael Pittman, uh, whose dad was a running back in the NFL, is very, very intriguing to me. You know, you may, I don't have Chenault going in the first round, but, you know, again, a very physical specimen. And I'd say the one guy that intrigues me more than any other player in this draft, and maybe I'm on an island with this one, I'm not sure what position he plays in the NFL, is, is Antonio Gibson from Memphis. Um, I just, I'm not sure where he ends up, but I think he's one of those Swiss Army knives. You know, you talk about Andy Reid toys. That's a guy that fits into that mold. Very interesting player. Uh, he's a guy that I'd love to see where he lands. And the last guy at the receiver spot I, w- I would mention would be uh, Devin DuVernay from, uh, from Texas, who, who, who really has fantastic hands. Uh, solid, solid player. I-, I think he's an underrated player. And I-, I should mention one more player, too, and I'm intrigued by him, and that's Clayton Claypool of, uh, of Notre Dame. Yeah, I mean, I think the thing as a Notre Dame fan, I've seen a lot of Clayton Claypool. Uh, my issue is I don't necessarily think he's going to be an NFL wide receiver. I think he's going to eventually be turned into a tight end. I think he's got size. I think he's got tremendous speed. Can be a real mismatch for another team. I, I have a feeling... You know, Claypool, you know, the team that drafts Claypool, I believe, is going to do it with the intention of converting him to tight end where he can be one of those special guys. Uh, who like, a, are, like, an, like almost like an Aaron Hernandez role. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Yeah, I mean, even like, you know, Graham, you know, not necessarily a great blocker. Even though Claypool is a winning blocker, I'm not really sure – and I don't love him as a wide receiver. I'm not quite sure he gets separation enough. I, I don't. I don't. I don't love him as a wide receiver. It's one of those things where if, if he's converted to a tight end, I think that puts the fantasy football community on alert. That's a player that can do some things with that position. And then the last thing I'm going to touch in is on you know my draft, uh, my quarterback draft board is. He's a little different than a lot of people's. I don't even have Jordan Love as one of my top five quarterbacks. Um, and certainly I have Jalen Hurts behind Love. I, I, I prefer Eason. I prefer Jake Fromm, actually. Um, is there a lot about Jordan Love to like? Yeah, he's an interesting prospect. But I, I think that these these some of these scouts and some of these people that analyze quarterback position that kind of see him as Patrick Mahomes, I see more of Jake Cutler, to be honest with you. I see a guy with a cannon of an arm who can make every throw, even from bad positioning and not great footwork, but I just think his decision-making, his reading of defenses, his instincts are, are, are not good. Just they're not good. So I have a different view of that player than I think most. <clears throat> we'll see how it plays out uh, as far as these drafts. All it takes is like just for one GM or owner or, or scout to be absolutely enamored with a player for him to go maybe earlier than you thought. But, you know, th- th- that's how I see it. I like those other quarterbacks. I like Fromm. Better. I, like, I like Fromm a lot. A very mature guy, and a, a cerebral guy. Uh, and I think... Oh, I like- I like the I love the way Fromm manages the game. He understands his ability. He doesn't play outside of his ability. He doesn't make throws he's not capable of. 
okay, is he going to gun the ball and rifle it down 50, 60 yards? No, he's not. But he's going to do other things that are more important. His cerebral aspect of, of quarterbacking is extremely high. And, and I have some similar thoughts about Eason, even though Eason, Eason does have a dynamic throwing arm. So I guess, I guess you know, that's – you know, that's how I see the quarterback spot. It'll be fun. What are we going to do? What we're doing, we're going to have a few of our buddies on, and I think we, we plan on doing, like, a live draft. As it happens, we actually have a buddy, Eric Brown, that is a, a diehard Dolphin fan. You're a Giants fan with the fourth pick. Our other friend, Howie, is a Redskins fan with the number two pick. My Vikings have two picks in the first round. Our friend Rick's a Steeler fan. So we're going to do something on actual draft night as it's happening. Have like a, a live podcast just for the fun and see how the picks go, right? Absolutely. And I just, you know, not to get away from the fun and fun and, and excitement of Thursday night, but, you know, I started mentioning a few receivers. And, you know, someone was saying that there's almost every team can come away with a receiver in this draft being so deep, and I think you talked about that previously. Are there any other guys that you like at, at the receiver position that, that you did not have in that first round that you're kind of looking at? And, and I think, I just yeah, want to say, I mean, nobody no, watches I, I, more college football than you, Brett. Actually, I'm curious what you think of my Antonio Gibson. Uh, another Antonio is Antonio Gandy-Golden from Liberty. I know not, not the same pedigree program. I'm just curious of any other guys that you have uh, that you're looking at the receiver spot. Yeah, I, I, you know, I mentioned previously, I like what you said about um, the Texas receiver. I think he, he is certainly, he's, he, he's certainly very, very interesting. Um, and I, I was, I, I like, I mentioned him briefly as a, as a guy that Sean Payton may look at, but, but Rieger uh, from TCU is one of these real interesting wide receivers um, that I think, uh you know, somebody is going to find the right spot and the right system for him. Um, and I think, you know, that's going to be a great fit for him. I think you covered several of the other wide receivers that are in there. I guess, you know, maybe want to touch base on a few running backs that we haven't talked about. You have Swift and Taylor, a couple of other running backs that are, are very, very interesting. You, you're going to hear them taken certainly day two, round two, round three. Uh, J.K. Dobbins is, you know, is just a beast from Ohio State. Cam Akers is, is one of these guys that hasn't quite figured it all out yet, but I think he has tremendous upside, maybe even the most upside of any running back. A.J. Dillon and Zach Moss, those are two tough, hard-nosed running backs um, that, you know, if, if they could find a complimentary running back uh, and they're drafted to a team that has a different type of running back, they're going to be very, very uh, effective. And, and one player that, you know, just was, in my opinion, even though they had Joe Burrow and those, you know, great that great receiving core, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, Clyde Edwards-Alaire was the engine to that team. He made a lot of big first downs on some tough catches. He reminds me of a player um, that used to play for the Patriots, Kevin Falk, that 
he's just one of these guys that every time he touches it, it's like a first down. He knows how to get first downs. He knows how to catch the ball. He can run the ball as well. He's one of those guys that is kind of like under the radar, but he's going to be a key pick, and he was a key cog in LSU win the national championship. So did you want to touch base on any of those running yeah, backs or any uh, others? So, so, so Dobbins had incredible numbers at Ohio State last year. And obviously a lot of mileage too, but I think Akers was held back by the, by the caliber of um, talent around him. So I think that's one of the things. I completely agree with you with uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. I just think I love the player. Dylan intrigues me. I think if a team wants to go with a little bit of a thunder and lightning approach, he's going to be a guy that 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 exhibits a little bit of that Derrick Henry style. Um, Kelly from UCLA, a name that you didn't mention, I, I like him, and I'd say Eno Benjamin from uh, fr- from uh, Arizona State, uh, a receiving back. I, I really like that player as well. That would be the guys I mentioned. You mentioned Moss. I think I think a solid, solid, solid addition to any team. But, you know, I think the running back position, you know, on day two, there's going to be a lot of attraction. Um, I think the one position that you weren't thrilled with uh, this year coming to this draft is tight end. I'd say the one thing that I, I, I'm listening to, when you listen to a guy whose kid has coached a player and has seen him play every game for the last two years, he's the Mackey Award winner. He's not that big, and he played in a, you know, he didn't play in a big five conference school. And Harrison Bryant, to me, Charlie Weiss has drooled over this player. His son coached him. Um, so I'm very curious where he ends up. Uh, I, I know, you know, I've seen a lot of Comet because I watch Notre Dame games. I know Adam Troutman got a little bit of attention. Uh, and Bryant, uh, Hunter Bryant from Washington State, from, from Washington uh, University of um, how about tight end, Brett? I know you, you know love a lot of these guys. Is there is there any fits that you think the tight ends be, become such a big part of of NFL football? Any guys that could sneak up on us? Yeah, unfortunately for the Patriots, who desperately need somebody at that position to really make plays for them, there isn't anybody. But you mentioned the kid from Dayton. From Dayton, he's the one guy that just interests me the most. He He's interesting in terms of one of these guys that can be taken, not with such an early pick, but could be much better than maybe as advertised. Um, so I, I don't see anything great or, or, or players, game changers at that position. But it's how many, as you mentioned, from, from – uh, from Dayton is, you know, could could be the guy. He's the most interesting guy. I'm not sure on most people's boards. They, I think, conventional wisdom as the Notre Dame tight end, as you mentioned, as the number one tight end. But I, I kind of like Troutman a little bit as, um, you know, to, to be the one tight end that can be kind of like maybe better than advertised so far. So. That's, you know, that, that it's not really a position that, you know, a lot can be talked about, but a few guys, but, you know, I don't think anybody is going to be trading up to get a tight end in this draft. Yep, and, you know, we, we covered a lot of defenders. I don't think we'll, we'll we'll touch on that today. We'll probably talk a little bit more about that post-draft. Uh, I don't have any kickers for you right now. I'm going to I'm gonna say we call it, a, call it a day here, and I'm very excited for Thursday evening. We, we certainly have something to look forward to. It should be a fun night. We hope we can entertain you then. But, uh, Brad, I'm going to wish you uh, a very good afternoon, and 
you know, the, the, the Wiz watches a lot of college football. There's nobody better at it. So I, I really love doing these things. Uh, it's a heck of a lot of fun. And we'll see everybody on Thursday. Thanks a lot, yeah. Wiz.